You are listening to the Practice Growth Podcast with Sean Terrell. Welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Terrell, and I am very excited to be speaking with everyone in the listening audience once again. If you are a loyal listener or you've been following along, uh, there was sort of a planned hiatus for the Practice Growth Podcast for the summer of 2021. Full disclosure, that uh, that break between episodes was quite a bit longer than I anticipated on the front end. I thought I'd take a month or two off. I think by the time this episode I'm recording today releases, it'll be closer to four months since I've released my my last episode. Uh, but yeah, life happens sometimes. Uh, and the transition, which I plan to talk about in today's episode primarily, took a little bit longer than I thought. Not in a bad way, just things take longer sometimes than you think they're going to take on the front end. I uh, had some planned time off, which uh, after a long stretch of nothing but work for most of 2020 and a lot of 2021, partly because of the pandemic, there was nothing else to, to do. Um, but partly because of that, I, I took more time off in the summer of 2021 than maybe I have in the past. And yeah, part of it's just uh, procrastination on on my part. You know, if you follow uh, any sort of podcast or have any sort of knowledge on kind of podcast episodes that are out there, the the graveyard of podcast is is pretty big in that there's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of podcasts which have started and released a few episodes or 10 episodes, but then just for whatever reason stopped. I knew it would be hard to get started again if I took a break, decided to do it anyway. And uh, yeah, I can see why that graveyard of, of old podcasts uh, is so big because once you stop doing it uh, every week or every couple of weeks, it gets harder and harder to get it rolling again. But uh, happy to be have it rolling again today. And yeah, some really uh, big changes with my career and how I serve clients uh, that I'd like to talk about today. So one of the things that I always try to keep in mind with any podcast episode that I record and release is that as much as possible, I try to make it about the listener. And what I'm talking about or the content that I'm providing is in some way beneficial or provides value to the dentists that listen to this podcast or the influencers who are guests or also listen to the podcast. And as much as I can avoid it, I try to make it less about me and my firm and everything that I have going on in my world. However, I, I think I need to go off script or a little bit away from that for this episode, just because I've had some pretty big changes in my career and my business. And it's all relative or relatable to some of the work that I do do for dentists and the work that I uh, do with other influencers within the dental marketplace. And so I think just for background, just for context, it would be helpful to start there, uh, which will kind of help explain uh, some of the reasons behind the, the the three or the four month break that we took this summer with releasing episodes. And that way, uh, most people have a, an understanding on uh, where I've been and, and where I'm trying to go. So just for a little more background, I spent the first 10 years of my financial services career at one firm sort of aligned with one specific company. And I don't really want to get into all the details about everything that led to uh, my decision to, to make a move. Um, but long story short, I just think this is going to be a lot better for me and my future vision of the financial services industry and sort of how I want to spend the next 20 or 25 years of my career moving forward. So what I did was in the summer of 2021, I launched my own independent firm. Uh, Terrell Advisors LLC is the legal entity. 
And Dentist Exit is probably the branding that's going to exist at some point officially in the future. It's already on the web on the website. But uh, yeah, Terrell Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisory firm in the state of Iowa. So really excited to be on my own and sort of have uh, complete control over every aspect of my business and my practice moving forward. Uh, that level of freedom is really exciting to me and really exhilarating, more exhilarating uh, now that I'm sort of in it more than I thought it would be on the front end even. Um, at the same time, there's there's a lot of decisions that have to get made. And being a, a total business owner and every aspect of the business is has been a little bit of an adjustment uh, as maybe some practice owners can relate that are listening to this. And so that's sort of the background on uh, where I've been or where I was for the last 10 years and what I'm starting uh, moving forward, hopefully for the next 20 or 25 years. So anyone that's made a move in their career that is of any significance can probably reflect on that move and say that it was not just one thing. It was not just two things. It was a bunch of little things. And that's certainly no different for me. Uh, death by a thousand paper cuts, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, any of those proverbial expressions often fit. But as I reflected on how to share this with the audience and, and the best way to sort of pare all that down, I thought I could narrow it down to five things. Or at least today, as I'm recording this, it, it kind of seems like it's, it, it was narrowed down to five things in terms of why I decided to make the transition. So reason number one that I decided to launch my own independent firm is I want to have a financial services firm where advice is at the center of the client experience and products, financial products are a byproduct of what I would call comprehensive financial planning. And this is just where one of the reasons, and this will be a common theme, that I see the financial services industry changing and shifting a lot, uh, both in the last 10 years since I've been a part of it, and then also moving forward, in that I think the industry has just been very product-driven in the past, whether that's investment products, insurance products, and a lot of people that, like myself, call themselves financial advisors, uh, are compensated primarily uh, on the sale of products. And full disclosure, that was mostly me for the last 10 years as well. But that's also a model that I don't think is going to be as sustainable in the future. It's just uh, when you start talking about a fair, transparent exchange of value with the marketplace, it's, it's, it's not something or it's not a model that I want to be a part of moving forward. Not that it's bad that I was in that model for the last 10 years and not that it's bad for people that remain in that model. Like anything in life, when you have new information, you make different decisions. And I just feel like I have enough information to make me feel like a model where advice, ongoing consultation on a comprehensive basis or looking at a, a, a client's comprehensive financial picture, that should be sort of the, the center or the nucleus of whatever that relationship entails. And again, products in financial services aren't necessarily a bad thing, but I feel like products should be used to provide leverage and a byproduct of overall comprehensive financial planning. So that is the model with advice at the center of the client experience that I am trying to or will build out with my newly minted uh, independent firm. The second reason or the second viewpoint that I want to implement with my new firm is the idea or the philosophy that comprehensive financial planning is 
or at least should be more of an ongoing process and not contrary to the way it's treated in the industry a lot of times as a singular or a finite number of events. I think that sort of bumps up against reason number one, where I indicated that you know advice should be the center of the client experience. Maybe to, to, to add on to that, I think that advice should be ongoing. And the role that I'm really looking to play in my client's life and their financial journey is a guide or as a guide or being a guide on that journey. We know, or I think can reasonably expect that conditions along the way, just like any journey you would take in life, whether it's a road trip or a flight, we know that conditions along the way are going to change. And the role that I would like to play with my clients is to be a guide to help navigate those changing conditions along the way as best as possible. Understanding that when you take off on a journey, you can't always see, or you most likely can't see the things that are going to get in the way along the way. You just know that it's not going to be a straight line from point A to point B. Frequent listeners or loyal listeners of the podcast will probably uh, notice or begin to notice if you haven't already that I like to make transportation-related analogies a lot, whether it's aviation or cars. And I know in, the, in past episodes, I've, I've used examples with flying before, but uh, just to sort of uh, put a finer point on, on reason number two for the transition, you know, if you were flying from Los Angeles to New York City, you could reasonably chart at the outset before you took off in an airplane, you know, the, the most direct route for that flight. But if you got over part of Utah or Montana and there was a forest fire and there was smoke related to that in the atmosphere and the pilot had to divert around that, um, that's an example of shifting course or altering course in the middle of a journey. Um, then you get over the Midwest. Maybe there's some pop-up thunderstorms that uh, the pilot would not like to fly through on uh, a hot summer night, and the course has to shift again. So I don't know if that's a you know the best examples, but hopefully people can sort of envision what I'm saying. In that you know on any journey, you're just going to have a lot of things that you have to navigate that you can't see foresee ahead of time. And what I believe the role for for some clients that are interested in it is is to have you know, a guide along on that journey or a pilot on that journey that can, that has experience navigating all the things that tend to pop up. So the journey can be completed as efficiently and as safely and as best as possible. The third reason behind this transition is my desire to build what I would call a niche practice or a niche practice, depending on your viewpoint and how that word should be pronounced. But maybe more specifically, I desire to work with only one type of client moving forward, that type of client being dentists or dental specialists. And if I look back over the last eight or nine years, I have primarily during that time worked with dentists. But what's also true during that time is I was really, really scared to basically make that leap and say that I would only work with dentists moving forward because I thought that would force me to turn away potential profitable business. Actually, not to get too deep down this rabbit hole, but in just the early stages of making this sleep, it's the opposite is actually true. Uh, when you're all things to all people, you attract almost no one. When you're one specific thing to one specific type of client, it doesn't mean that everyone that's 
that type of client wants to work with you. But it, it's a it's a much stronger signal that you solve and understand one specific set of problems for one specific type of client. And I think people are attracted to working with someone who just solves uh, a smaller set of problems on a on a regular basis. And you know what's interesting is is I think technology is really, and I'm going to talk about technology in a little bit to sort of uh, foreshadow on one of the other reasons for the move. But you know, technology in my industry used to be sort of a limitation. When I first started working with Dennis, it was doing lunch and learns about disability insurance at the University of Iowa Dental School back in 2011 or 2012. And early on during that sort of uh, early stage of my career, like every dentist got disability insurance and they usually got it with someone who was regularly calling on or was sort of uh, geographically close to Iowa City. But that's evolved a lot now just because uh, people can get their their products and services thanks to technology from basically anywhere across the country. So uh, technology has sort of accelerated this, this move to what I think is going to be a, across the financial services industry in that advisors uh, are going to... Uh, well, I, 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 let me back up. I think the generalist advisor is always going to exist, but I think there's going to be a shift or a, a gradual transition of more and more financial advisors uh, working with a narrower scope or a, a smaller client profile type. And for me, uh, I've just decided that based on my experience starting out selling disability insurance to dentists, I've got a good enough understanding of, of their problems that I would like to focus on doing comprehensive financial planning only for dentists uh, moving forward. And what that allows me to do is just spend a lot more of my time and energy really focusing on how to deliver massive, massive value to only dentists, as opposed to sort of when I would work with with some dentists, but some other occupations from other backgrounds, what would happen was, you know, different things, so to speak, would, would come across my desk on a weekly basis. And it was just a less efficient use of my time to try to figure out how to solve all other types of clients' problems at different times. Not that that's a bad thing. Uh, and maybe as a dentist, if you're listening, you can you can sort of understand that if given enough time and, and ability to research something, you could probably figure out how to solve just about any problem a client might have uh, with their mouth or with their oral health. But maybe even if you're a general dentist, you've sort of honed in on you know specific procedures or, or a, a specific patient profile that you want to target just because it's a more efficient way to to run businesses. And again, I think the general financial advisor will always exist. And I just think there's going to be a shift of, of more and more advisors who want to leverage their time and energy uh, in, in moving towards working with one specific client type, whether that's a dentist or whether that's W-2 employees of a technological company that, uh, or a technology company that has an IPO coming up or stock options, things like that. Uh, it's just a it's a more efficient way to run and and scale a business and deliver massive value to one specific client type, and I think clients or um, or patients are attracted to making sure that whatever their specific problem is, they're working with someone who is is well versed on regularly solving that very narrower uh, set of of problems. The fourth reason behind my transition to 
an independent practice uh, solely for dentists is that I wanted to create and leverage a transparent pricing model for the clients to, as best as possible, create a fair exchange of value for the value that I deliver with comprehensive ongoing financial planning and the value that the client receives in terms of getting to where they're trying to go financially uh, more efficiently, more effectively, while hopefully avoiding uh, some of the missteps that can often occur along that, uh, that journey. And I could probably do an entire podcast on the different pricing models that are available in the financial services industry. I don't necessarily know that that's a good idea to go down that rabbit hole today with this specific podcast. But in general, uh, advisors a lot of times are compensated for uh, products they sell in terms of either commission they receive, or sometimes when it's an investment product, it, it could also be they receive on an ongoing basis a percentage of assets that are under that advisor's management. And the general uh, industry standard there tends to be about 1%. I'm sure it varies by different advisors in different locations, but that's sort of one that you'll hear a lot about. Uh, long story short, I think that there's a better way to do it and there's a more transparent way to do it. So what I believe in is a flat monthly fee for the comprehensive ongoing planning and then also a percentage of assets under management but like a lot lower at a lot lower level than sort of the standard industry 1%. And what that allows me to do is work with dentists earlier in their career because what advisors especially generalist advisors that are more on the AUM model what they tend to do is focus only on working with people that are at or near retirement because theoretically they have more assets to manage at that point in their career and if they're paid all on a percentage of AUM then the more the AUM the the more the compensation that's derived by utilizing a flat fee uh, model and a lower percentage of AUM that uh, that uh, is 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 charged in terms of a fee. What that allows me to do is work with dentists. I think earlier in their career, where they have good cash flow, um, but also just haven't had the time to build up the assets that they'll have hopefully later on in their career. Kind of along with that, what I've also decided to do, and I I don't. I just want to say that like everything that I say is what I believe right now, and I'm not trying to bait and switch. So I I reserve my right to to change my mind a little bit on this, but and some people have advised me against this, but I'm capping my maximum fee that I charge to any given client at a at a set amount based on their assets under management and that monthly fee. And the reason is I just think it's a fair way to uh, do business in that you take someone who has a million dollars versus someone who has $5 million under sort of that 1% AUM compensation model that I gave as an example. And I just don't see a tremendous amount of difference in the value that can be delivered to someone who has a million dollars versus someone that has $5 million or even $10 million. But what the client will pay in fees is, is much, much different in that model. So I'm trying to focus on working with one very specific type of client with a very similar problem set in my experience. And because I've narrowed in on what that is and sort of what I can deliver around that, I think it's it's fair or can be fair for both parties to create a maximum amount that will be paid 
on in, any given basis. And then for dentists that are earlier in their career, uh, what, it, what it effectively does too is it discounts the overall price that they'll pay because they just haven't built up the assets under management or haven't because of time, because time's just not on their side at, early in their career. So I don't know, that was a little bit convoluted, but uh, hopefully everyone understands sort of what I'm getting at and what I'm driving at as it relates to transparent pricing. Reason number five, the final reason that I decided to make the leap and form my own independent firm, uh, technology. I wanted more freedom and more flexibility to use and leverage technology to deliver the client experience that I think is appropriate for the fees that I charge and just do it much more efficiently and selfishly more remotely than it's been able to be done or in, in the past. Just in the 10 years that I've been in the industry, I'm just sort of blown away by how much technology has evolved during that time. And while the pandemic was obviously terrible for a lot of reasons, and in some reasons it was good, at least in my industry, in that it ex greatly accelerated the implementation and the acceptance among clients in terms of using you know, meetings uh, over Zoom, things like that. Uh, but I'm just really excited that there's so many cool things in the industry that I can use to deliver value uh, in terms of financial planning software and, and staying up to date on my client's financial picture on an ongoing basis. But not only that, how, how I communicate on an ongoing basis, while there'll be some more uh, cornerstone meetings in the service model that I'm building out where we meet on Zoom uh, for at least an hour, a couple times a year with every client that I work with, you know, I, I can also send out a Loom video or a recording of just some thoughts that I have on an individual situation uh, much more easier via email than I, than I could in the past. So I, I won't get too deep down that rabbit hole with technology in terms of what's, what's coming down the pipe, but uh, there's just some really cool stuff out there that I plan to implement. And I think that only uh, evolve as, as, as time moves forward. So to recap, five reasons for the move. Number one, again, was advice ongoing comprehensive advice to be the center of the client experience. Number two, kind of along those lines is that financial planning, I believe should be a process and not just a singular, singular event. You know, I desire to be a guide on the journey, helping clients navigate what ultimately we know will be a changing landscape over a 20 or 30 or a 40 year period. Uh, number three, I just think the, the future of the financial services industry is going to be more and more moving towards niche financial planning or niche financial planning, working with uh, one or a narrower uh, specific type of client versus being a generalist and trying to be all things to all people. Number four, uh, a transparent pricing model, a hybrid pricing model that's fair, that's a fair exchange of value to all parties involved. And then number five, again, just mentioned it, but uh, the future of technology, well, what's already out there with technology and what will, I think, the evolution of that and years to come will be a really fun way to deliver massive value to a specific type of client uh, on an ongoing basis. So I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you following along. Really excited about getting this podcast started up again and already have a number of uh, episodes recorded that will be released in the coming weeks. And again, thanks for being a part of the journey and for listening to the Practice Growth Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Terrell Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. 
The information presented should not be interpreted or construed as investment, legal, tax, financial planning, or wealth management advice. It does not substitute for personalized investment or financial planning from Terrell Advisors, LLC. This podcast conveys the views and opinions of Sean Terrell, and the information herein should not be considered a solicitation to engage in a particular investment or financial planning strategy. Information presented is for educational purposes only, and past performance is not indicative of future results.